You are entering an alternate reality of space and time, artificial intelligence, and the unknown in Future Tech. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode, I have with me co-founder and CTO at Cast AI, Leon Cooperman. Thanks for coming to the show today, man. Hey, Jason. Nice to be here. Great to talk to you. And this episode of Future Tech is going to be focusing on how using artificial intelligence is reducing wasted resources, which as we all know, is a major issue with climate change. And let's forget about artificial intelligence for a second. Just like wasted resources, like greenhouse emissions, like what's the story? Like how bad is it? Yeah, so I the, the thing that I'm focusing on and the problem I'm really trying to solve is wasted energy. And the when we use electricity and cooling specifically for the computer, for, for the world to power the computers that we need to, to run efficiently, we're spending so much extra energy on, uh, on on these grids that can be greatly reduced. And, and that's just caused by everyone sandbagging and over-provisioning the things that they think they need to use. And when you escalated that at a global scale, we have a massive impact on overall climate change just by running our, the computers that we need. So really you're talking about the power being used to run infrastructure, data centers, um, just regular computers, anything electronic that's using electricity and energy. And you're saying that we're wasting a lot of that and no one's doing anything to fix it? Yeah. And specifically it's in data centers. Like, I mean, I think the computers we run, all right, like, cool, your battery heats up. But when you like compound that in massive football field size data centers that are run by the big cloud, Google, uh, uh, Amazon, Microsoft, Amazon. Microsoft, yeah. If everyone is just over-provisioning by 10% and the problem is way worse than that, ima and imagine the amount of power that is used. And it's not necessarily the electricity that the computers use. It's the cooling requirements cooling systems. For, yeah. for those computers because they produce a massive amount of heat. Yeah. And then what do you do with that heat? You've got to get it out or those computers will, will crap out. So it's all about exhausting the heat, getting the cooler, the coolers in. And that's kind of the same as like Bitcoin mining. You got to keep the, the, the rigs running cool and the exhaust is sometimes heating warehouses and sometimes just being wasted. And there's a lot of debate on that as well. So how does artificial intelligence come into play in terms of monitoring or, you know, somehow fixing this problem of wasted energy? Is it monitoring it or what, what's what's? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question, Jason. And by the way, just like your comment on Bitcoin, it's kind of even worse because if you look at where this, the miners have been historically situated, they've all been in China or a big percentage of those mining fields have been situated in China. And what does China use to power their electricity grid? It's dirty energy. It's basically coal and, 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 and fossil fuels. Yeah, and, and thankfully, it recently moved from China all to the USA and Kazakhstan and other countries. Like, China no longer allows mining. So, like, last year was a major disruption in that industry where now it's all American mostly, and they are using a lot of green technologies to, thank God, to, uh, to mine Bitcoin. So that's kind of at least one thing kind of taken off the table, kind of. We're not, you know, it's maybe 80%, you know. And my own philosophical view, like this whole, you know, the reason why these miners have to, to run at such high rates is because they're basically guessing some mathematical number. And right. this whole guessing game that was created in the original kind of um, DeFi paper. world yeah. is 
is arbitrarily wasting energy. These hash miners are just uh, cranking out guesses at higher and higher rates. When you look at the other model, which is the staking model, I think that's much more energy sustainable. Of course. And actually yields to the same type of distribution of power. Like if you look at where the Bitcoin miners are, they're all kind of aggregating to the folks that can spend the most mining, money on the mining fields. Well, isn't that the equivalent of the most folks that can spend their money on staking? It's basically a one-to-one, -one, but in one case, you're using all the energy. In the other case, you have a very efficient uh, energy-conserving model. And Ethereum's been moving the proof-of-stake for, like, years now, so we're waiting for that to actually happen. <laughs> eventually, yeah, and, they will eventually. Yeah, and, 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 you know, with Ethereum, too, the whole goal is to reduce those gas fees. But then you look at, like, up-and-coming competitors like Solana. Like Solana, they, yeah. You know, they're, they're producing transaction throughput at a fraction of the of pennies the yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible so, so, so let's get back to, to artificial intelligence right so i'm curious I'm, I'm super curious like how does it fit in like it's all powerful you know very intelligent you know but how does it fix yeah, so, so here's where here's how i'm applying uh machine learning and artificial intelligence to the problem if you look at kind of like modern computer clusters right like how uh, software is deployed on those computers, there's right now an engineer, at the end of the day, there's a human being that has to make decisions around, okay, for that particular application, how many resources do I need? How many CPUs do I need? How much memory do I need? How much disk do I need? And it's all a wild guess. So what happens is as you guess up the stack, everyone's sandbagging those resource requirements, right? And in our world of Kubernetes, we call them requests and limits. Now, as that sandbagging occurs, applications change dynamically. Sometimes traffic spikes, sometimes it's lower. It's a, it's a completely fluid world. We do not have the human capacity to keep up with those changes. So usually what happens is deployments are fairly static. So software deployments are fairly static. And because nobody wants to get up in the middle of the night because of a high severity issue, they're often way over provision. And in fact, we see 60, 70% over provision in many customer cases. That's horrible. So, so what if we took the human out of the equation? What can we do to remove the human and let computers make those scaling decisions, only shrink, shrinking the footprint of the resources required uh, when it's, when it's uh, adequate, and then growing those dynamically, maybe by predicting future patterns and trends, uh, maybe by sometimes reactive, uh, re being in a reactive mode. But the combination of those things yields massive both cost savings for customers, but as well, we don't use any of those computer resources that are un unrequired, freeing them up for others to use them. To so, use you, them. so you mentioned there's a human engineer that's typically historically taking care of the figuring out numbers situation, right? So are you, is there is, is the artificial intelligence able to tap into any kind of historical data and go back and say, well, the, this is what has been used at this facility for the past 10 years, and I can see it. You know, I can see the waves, I can see the ups and downs, and I can take that information and I can basically streamline it. Is that is that part of what's happening here, or is that absolutely? And what you okay. described just now is called the seasonality model. So those are very simple to train, and you don't need to go back ten years. You can go back six months, right? And okay. You, and and so the typical seasonality trends that we look for are time of day, uh, minute of hour. We look for day of week. We look for month day of of month, and then we look for month of year those are all overlaying seasonality patterns that we can apply to forward-looking predictions 
And we either get those predictions right or we get them wrong. We know because of the gap between actual and predicted. If we get it wrong, we just add that label, what's called the label to the machine learning model, and we retrain the model, and now we have a better estimate. going. What, what about like the business analytic part of it? So you're mentioning days, times, months, and whatnot, but what if there are certain uh, you know, milestones or certain dates that are correlated with the business that are tied into data usage, for example? Because there's, for example, say Microsoft is launching Windows uh, part 12 or whatever, and you know there's going to be a spike in data that month because of that event. Is that also tied in, like special events, special promotions, uh, special data spikes that are sensitive to events, not just months, days, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so you're talking about patterns outside of seasonality. Yes. And this is, and this is what we call kind of human-assisted, or it, it's it's basically helping the model uh, train for future. Now, okay. if you get something wrong, let's let's say we missed the the Windows whatever big event and we just got it wrong. It still gives the computers a reactive opportunity to reactively respond. So you'll have some increased latency and lag time until the computer catches up. We can still get there pretty quickly, and pretty quickly is now measured in 30, 60 second time intervals. Oh wow! That's how that's how fast we can provision new virtual infrastructure if we need it. That's very quick. <laughs> well, that's why artificial intelligence. I mean, that's part of what's happening here. So is it because? AI wasn't as mature, machine learning wasn't as mature, say, a decade ago. Is that why there was no shift, the paradigm shift between human engineers doing it and AI doing it? Is that why it took so long to get to this point with speed? Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. First of all, if you look back at machine learning, it's matured significantly over the last 10 years. You didn't have tools like TensorFlow and all of the cloud services that provide really simple AI training. The community wasn't there. If you look at Kaggle, I'm not even sure if Kaggle existed 10 years ago, which is kind of a data science, machine learning, AI community for, for engineers um, that was that was acquired by, by Google. So certainly the industry has matured. But the other problem is if you look back from when kind of the cloud was created back in 2007 till now, it's just been a boom cycle. There's been no reason to think about waste in, over the last 15 years or so. Everyone's just been saying, because the paradigm shift happened to enable innovation. Like business leaders said, look, if we give engineers the keys to the castle, they're gonna, they're gonna innovate faster. That's what we want to enable growth. So we've been in a boom cycle with no looking back for the last 15 years. No one's been thinking about waste. No one's been thinking about climate impact necessarily of these data centers. Well, when you come to a reckoning point, maybe there's an economic downturn. Maybe there's a market saturation point, which is part of the problem. Maybe there's a significant look at ESG then that's when you start to look at, okay, how do we solve these problems more uh, creatively and let's get humans out of the way of and let machines do the things that they do best. Wow. So, yeah, that's a lot to unpack. Is It sounds like the next 10 years, maybe even 20 years, is it going to be what you keep saying, removing the human from the equation? Is it going to be more of that? Where do you see AI really helping society over the next 20 years, let's say, like, what, what do you think is going to happen in terms of not only just the cloud automation, but in society in general? Yeah, there's a really good, there's a really good book on this topic, which I'll, I think it's, it's called uh, um, Life 3.0. I'll, I'll forward it you in, in the notes. I'd but, love to see it. Yeah, but there, but basically, if you look at the macro trend, technology, and not just AI, but AI is going to be this impactful is basically removing humans from an equation. So think about it. We used to have a huge 
horse population on this planet, right? Because everything was pulled by horses. The equine population went down to, you know, drastically, right? Because we just did not need that resource anymore. And then you follow humankind through all kinds of transitions from, from, uh, uh, from farming to the industrial revolution. There have been job changes all along the way. People have no longer need to do the things that they used to do, right? There's no such job as an ice delivery service anymore. We make our own eggs. And so what does that mean for the impact of what humans do? Well, I, I think it means that certain jobs will become redundant and machine-driven, um, and we need that for efficiency. But as a result, other types of jobs are going to get created, some that we've never imagined before. And what this book talks about is, certain things like legal case uh, evaluation, like the things that lawyers and judges do, may be a function of automation in the future. Things like accounting may be a full function of automation. Now, are we going to get to general AI anytime soon? I don't know. I think uh, the philosophers and experts have been pondering that for the last few years. But it is important to kind of think about AI morality, like what happens when we do get to general AI? Are we as a society kind of ready for that type of innovation? Because if, if, if you did it today, we're not ready. We don't understand all of the implications. So I think it's important to get ready, but you know we're nowhere close. Right now, we can apply AI to micro problems, and that's specifically the realm of machine learning, predicting patterns. Love it. So if uh, anybody is interested in potentially adopting cloud automation for their business, uh, where can they find out more about what you do or what are the tips you would give them to get started? Yeah, so it's a it's a fascinating and pretty detailed topic. Um, we focus on like, uh, so it's kind of a technical deep dive on my platform, um, which is we focus on this uh, topic called containerization. So taking an application and packaging and into this kind of new modern uh, packaging infrastructure. So we work with customers who are adopting that and that is the leading edge. Like, so we're kind of in the mainstream now, we're almost within five to seven years, almost all organizations and companies will kind of use this technology to um, deploy their applications. Gone are the days where you'll just run software on a bare metal computer or on a virtual machine. Um, but yeah, if you guys uh, want to take a look at kind of what we offer our customers in terms of waste uh, savings and, and reduction of waste and then costs as an alter, as the outcome of that. Um, we offer a free calculator on cast.ai that actually lets you plug into your infrastructure. And within a couple of minutes, you'll see exactly how much you're wasting in Perfect. resources and in money. That's awesome. Leon, thank you, man. This was really cool and really enlightening. I'm excited to uh, dive into, I'm going to try the calculator actually. <laughs> I, there's a lot, there's a lot of people I know that do data storage and things like that. And um, we use the cloud in a lot of businesses. So I'm, I'm curious. Cast AI, everybody check it out. Leon, thanks again. And uh, we'll see everybody in next week's episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you at next week's episode.